0: So, sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: What's up, good people? We did it. The draft is here. It is only a few days away. We get to finally see who the Chargers pick through three days, seven different picks. If they trade up or back, we'll see. But we are finally here. No more waiting. And we've gone through our entire draft profiles on the lightning round podcast. And since we've gone through a hundred plus players now, I just wanted to give a best case draft scenario for the chargers. I think in this draft, it's pretty weak at the top, but there's real talent kind of in some clusters in a few rounds and a, a few different position groups. So what I wanted to do in this podcast is through seven rounds give you a top four possible picks in each round where I like kind of the depth in some of these position groups. So this is going to be how I would attack the draft. If there was position only, obviously there's going to be some fallers in the draft, probably some talent left in other rounds that you'd probably skip in these position groups. If a guy uh, you liked better would fall. But for right now, before the draft even starts We're just talking about position groups. So the position groups, I would attack by round because I think there is talent in certain rounds. Obviously, there's only seven rounds. So the Chargers can't address every single need in those seven rounds through this draft. I'll talk about what my strategy would be after the draft and how I would fill it. But basically, if I'm GM and I'm able to attack each round with what player I would like in the group and the talent I like, I'm going to give you my first top four guys that I like. In each group. So that's going to be through seven rounds, four guys, four different options that I would like in that round in the same position group, not four different players from different position groups. I'm talking about one singular position group, top four guys that are available in that round. I went by average draft position of these players. I gave it about a 10 pick kind of range so that, you know, players fall, players get drafted earlier than that. But in terms of their positional ranking, this is where they, could possibly fall, maybe not, but still this is, I didn't, I didn't just pick, you know, first round players to fall into round three or four. I did a kind of realistic option in that um, that group of 10 picks or so kind of inflated as the rounds went on, obviously, because that's kind of what happens when you get to the back of day two and into day three. So here's what I'll do. Let's just start it off. We're going rounds one through seven. I'm going to give you four players, uh, in that round from that position group that I like, let's go right into it. Here's how I would attack the 2023 draft. And in the first round, and this is just by position group, by the way, not by just player, uh, in the first round, let's get right into it. The first round I would attack wide receiver. I think while there is a case for edge, I think, wide receiver falls off pretty fast after the first couple guys after the first five or six I think you're talking about some wide receiver two wide receiver three-ish when you get into the second round I know a, a lot of people like a couple different players in that second round I don't think the Chargers should attack it then I think it's too late edge on the other hand I think there's a little bit more depth and I might attack it in round two we'll see but you know, tight end. Uh, I'm going to get to in a little bit. I wouldn't attack tight end in the first round. I just think it's a little rich for a Kincaid or a mayor, even a Washington or a Laporta. I would not go there in the first round. Um, Bijan's probably going to be gone, but again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Bijan Robinson in the first round either. So running backs out, uh, outside of other position, position groups, they need uh, corner is nice at the top. I really like the talent there. I wouldn't go corner because they've got three starters on the roster. I think there's bigger needs. And then uh, offensive line, I would kind of pass on And linebacker is just not good this year. Not good at all. And I don't think there's a single player in that, this linebacker class that I would take in the first round. So I'm passing on kind of those biggest needs. So I'm taking wide receiver. And of these four of these four players, these are the guys I would get in this round. I think uh, JSN Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba would be number one Uh, while he doesn't offer the speed that Zay flowers and Jordan Addison do my two and three. I still think there's going to be a contingency plan for Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. We're going to have to start phasing into the new uh, wide receiver group and start phasing Mike Williams and Keenan Allen out because they're probably not going to be with the team. Very much longer. So you got to need to get some of that talent in. And I think JSN is the perfect transitional piece if he falls to the Chargers there at 21. So I would take JSN number one. Uh, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, I am really happy with there at 21. If either of them fall, Uh, you can make a case for either. I've got Zay Flowers ranked higher on my board over Jordan Addison. So I'd take Zay Flowers, Addison. I think both those guys could offer some special teams value in terms of return guy as well which the Chargers don't have because DeAndre Carter is now gone. He went to the Raiders in the offseason, so they're going to need a returner. Uh, you know, you don't really want your first-round pick usually to be a returner, but still, uh, I just think in terms of value, Flowers and Addison are nice. And then the fourth one here is QJ. Uh, Quinton Johnson isn't my favorite wide receiver, but I do think that he is kind of planted in there as the wide receiver four. I think Josh Downs is close, and I think might add a little bit more – uh, speed that they need, and I really like uh, his playability, but I just don't think Josh Downs in the first round makes a ton of sense. Uh, if the Chargers went Quentin Johnston, I-, I wouldn't be thrilled. Uh, that's why he's my fourth. But those top three guys, uh, JSN, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston are my four guys that I think the Chargers should attack in round one. I think it needs to be a wide receiver again. I think just the depth there in round two in terms of wide receiver, it falls off fast. And I think these four guys have the ability to be a wide and wide receiver kind of one slash two-ish uh, in this draft. I, I think JSN is on the cusp of being a wide receiver one in the NFL. If he puts it all together, I think Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison are nice speed options as a high end wide receiver too. Um, If they absolutely top off. I think they could be a wide receiver, a low end wide receiver one, but you know, this is what the chargers need right now. They need speed. They've got Mike Williams, they got Keenan Allen, but I think they got to get uh, faster and more explosive and flowers and Addison do that. I think JSN again would be a nice transitional wide receiver one later on when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are out. Uh, they'd have to get another speed option if they did go JSN in the first round, cause they, they need some explosiveness and uh, we've talked it on the podcast, but. That is the wide receiver. Uh, that's the position group that I would attack in round one. Is wide receiver. I just think, I just think the depth at there just falls off. So attack it right away. Get your wide receiver. Get Justin Herbert more weapons, and let the offense fl- uh, flourish from there. So because I didn't go wide receiver in round two. Um, and I fought over whether I wanted to go edge or or wide receiver in round one, which I think is probably the one and two right now for me in terms of where the Chargers need to go. I ended up going edge in round two because I thought there was more depth of guys you can get in round two. So if I go wide receiver one, I'm going edge number two, and you fall into this cluster of guys that I enjoy off the edge. Uh, B.J. Ojolari, who uh, is... Getting some first-round hype, but is falling into round two uh, in a lot of mocks. Keon White is another guy that's falling into round two in a lot of mocks and around the Chargers range in round two. I know that he's invited to the draft, and he may think he's getting drafted in round one, and I think a lot of people will probably make that argument. Why would he be there if he's not going to go round one? It happens every year. Guys fall. they got to stay an extra day. I think Keon White might be that guy, the guys that were invited to the draft that won't get picked in the first round. So uh, BJ Ujelari, Keon White. Now we're talking about guys that can transition uh, past when Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa, and they need that third edge rusher for this year. But once Mack, who might not be here 2024, Joy Bosa, whose contract's uh, coming up and he's getting older as well, there's going to be a transitional period for this edge group as well soon too i think these guys make nice uh edge three options in ojalary and white uh felix anu uh anu anu dk uzama of course uh chargers will draft somebody that i can't pronounce and uh this might be it uh is a nice speed option as well on the edge and then uh Aditamiwa Adabare is a guy that i kind of like as a uh edge interior guy he's kind of a tweener Um, a little bit heavier for an edge, but can still uh, add some juice off the edge, but also rush inside, kind of that Morgan Fox-ish body type and play style. So um, they re-signed Morgan Fox, but he's obviously getting older. Uh, Might be a guy that you can replace with Morgan Fox, at at least some depth there as well. So this is a group I would attack here in round two. I just think there's some talent here that the chargers can get. And if you're looking at the wide receivers in round two, I just don't think there's as much talent there in round two as there is for this edge group. I thought about going tight end in round two. Um, I Darnell Washington, Sam LaPorte are usually gone by this point. So I think then it kind of falls off from that tier one, tier two, and then there's a kind of a gap and then there's the tier three. So I didn't go uh, tight end there. And linebacker is still a little rich for me here in round two. I know I know that Drew Tranquil walked in the offseason, and and boy, I wish he would have just taken that deal he was given in the offseason so the Chargers didn't have to address linebacker. But that is what it is. Uh, we'll get to linebacker a little bit later. But uh, round two, I am going edge rusher. Uh, linebacker too rich. I just think uh, the tight ends that I would like, which is Sam Laporte or Darnell Washington in round two, are usually gone by then. So I passed on that and waited a little bit on tight end. And I ended up going with edge rusher. These are my top four. BJ Ujulari, Keon White, Felix, Anaduke Uzama, and Aritamiwa Arabare as my number four. So those, this is the group that I would attack in round two. Wide receiver edge. And then because I didn't go tight end in round two, I'm going tight end in round three. And here's where I love this cluster of tight ends. This is the these like elite athletes, the guys that are getting crazy RAS scores. These are, this is a group of tight ends, a cluster of tight ends that we just haven't seen in, in years past in terms of a draft class. These four guys are my guys that I would uh, start to attack here in round three. This is the perfect time to wrap up, get, uh, come out of day two with two out of your three picks weapons for, uh, for Justin Herbert and some pass catchers, get a wide receiver in round one, get your edge so that you can, uh, add some pass rush in round two. And here you go in round three and grab your tight end. These are the guys that I really like here in the top four. Tucker craft is a guy that's, uh, position value is kind of all over the place, but, uh, as far as his average falling into round three. So a guy that could be around round three for the chargers. Um, Zach Koontz is a guy. The chargers have, uh, talk to uh, Luke Sh- uh, Schoonmaker is a guy that was my sleeper, and Will Mallory was actually Craig's sleeper, um, a guy I like too. But all these three, all these four guys, athletes. Uh, we, we talked about getting Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison as some explosiveness. All four of these guys, explosive athletes at the tight end position. I know they have Gerald Everett right now, but um, if you're drafting him in round three, this is a guy that you can. Put in as a tight end to any of these four guys, Kraft, Koontz, Schoonmaker, or Mallory, you can put in as your as your tight end, two, Right now, start to transition Gerald Everett out of there. Uh, come next season, and you've got your starting tight end, and you've got some absolute athletes who showed some real promise in college, a couple small school kids and Kraft and Coons, and then you've got a Schoonmaker, who I think is an all-around really good tight end, um, and Will Mallory. Both those guys, I think, are getting uh, underrated in this draft process, but this is some real real athletes here in round three and some real value that I think you can get out of this tight end group. There's, you know, there's some good guys up top. Uh, I, I really like Laporta and Washington and I know mayor and Kincaid are getting some buzz in round one. While well, it's, they're fine in round one. I think if you can wait and you could grab the one of these four guys in round three, you're set, man. I don't think, I, I don't think the drop-off between those, the round one tier guys to this is that far off. I think you've got some real value here in round three in this in this um, tight end group. so i'm I'm attacking this this tight end group in round three. I think you can wait two rounds and get your tight ends with some real versatility and some real athletes, man, that could really run away from you and they've got some yards out for the catch ability, which is something the chargers absolutely need. And all four of these guys have that capability. So I'm looking to attack tight end in round three. So we've got wide receiver, round one, edge round two then you attack this tight end group in round three. Now, round four is a group of guys that I really enjoy towards the middle of this group. Um, We talked about, you know, uh, Drew Tranquil not signing his deal in the offseason, going elsewhere, um, and and how that all unfolded. Hope wishing that Drew Tranquil would have just done that. He didn't. So now there's a hole with Kenneth Murray and... um, And they signed Eric Hendricks. They've got some depth in Nick Neiman and uh, Ogbong Amiga in the linebacker group, but two guys that haven't really stepped up yet. Um, They've got some hype during the draft process and uh, during training camp, but once the game started, not really getting a lot of play and not really uh, providing a a lot of good depth. So they're going to have to go with a linebacker and get some more depth. And here's a group that I like in the middle of these linebackers. Ah, uh, round four, attacking these linebackers. I'm looking for those real athletic, kind of Kaiser white type uh, linebackers, guys that can that that are really athletic, that can fly to the football, um, have have some shortcomings, but maybe in terms of body type or you know, what have you. This is the group that I like. This is a uh, athletic group of four linemen: Dorian Williams, Henry Toa Toa, Demarvion Overshone, Ivan Pace Jr. Uh, this is the the list in which the order in which I would do it. By the way, um, these top fours are are my personal uh, picks for how I would go about this. I just feel like this group of linebackers they're athletic enough to provide some depth and could possibly be starters down the road. I just think they're They're good enough to provide some really good depth for this team, which they need. And I think getting an athletic guy at the second level is going to be really, really key. I know Eric Kendricks uh, has got a ton of uh, accolades under his belt. He's got Pro Bowls. He's always seems like a a man of the community. Uh, Being back home in L.A. is good for him. Uh, Obviously a, a team leader with the Vikings. But let's be honest, he's getting up there in age. And Kenneth Murray, well he they charged traded up to get him in the first round just has not lived up to that bill and the athleticism is kind of marred by the fact that his instincts aren't very good so he's always a slept uh a, a step too slow and there's some guys here that have some really really good instincts and some really really good athleticisms there's some shortcomings elsewhere but i think you get any of these four guys on the field right away i think you could start you know, mixing and matching Kenneth Murray and any of these four guys pretty early on because I think they've got some starter potential. All four of these guys do. Um, Ivan Pace Jr., not as much as the top three in my list here, but I think Toa Toa, Williams, and Overshone really do have some starter potential down the road. And there's some athletes who just come flying downhill. Some guys that I really, really like. And I, you know, I know there's you know, the Jack Campbell types where, you know, you want your middle linebacker mics. These are your your fast wills. Some guys you can put next to Eric Hendricks, who Eric Hendricks is going to take a, a ton of tackles at the line of scrimmage, be really good in the run game. Here's some guys that can run and cover. Here's some guys that can come and clean up the back end with uh, some speed. So this is a group of linebackers that I actually enjoyed watching. Um, I think it's really, really, really weak at the top. Um, I'm not a fan of the, the top two guys, but, uh, Jack Campbell, I like, I like a little bit, but Simpson and, um, Sanders, I I'm just whatever on, uh, and then towards the middle here. I like, I like this cluster of linebackers. So I would attack linebacker in round four, because I think there's some real, real value here. So I'm going linebacker in round four, Dorian Williams, Henry Toa Toa, DeMarvion Overshown, Ivan Pace Jr. I think are really, really good fits for what the chargers need. And I would, I would go after the linebacker group in round four. Round five, we're getting into some depth now. I'm going interior offensive line. And I'm going offensive line because uh, you, they have their starters across the board, which is awesome. The fact that they're, they've got all five starters before they're heading into the draft is amazing. Uh, Slater, Salier, Lindsley, Zion, and um, Trey Pipkins, all five returning. Uh, this year, you're going to have Salier inside and Slater's back from injury, but uh, the position where I think they're going to need some depth. Now, I know that they re-signed Will Clapp in the offseason, but Clapp has been a mess. Uh, he was bad last year, surprised they even brought him back this year. That's fine. Uh, he's some interior depth, but they're going to need a starter because Corey Lindsley is getting up there in age. Um, his contract is almost up. He was injured a lot last season. They're going to have to get uh, better at center in the years to come. And I think in round five, there is some very interesting interior offensive linemen. I think there are some guys towards the end. And again, I think there's a, I like the depth in round one and two, but three to four, I don't think there's much value there. But once you get past that middle group, Towards the end here, I like like uh, some of these guys here in round five. My sleeper, uh, Luke Whipler, who uh, played center, uh, much like um, Corey Lindsay at Ohio State, and uh, a guy that I think has got some real starter potential down the road. Uh, Andrew Voorhees, uh, tore his ACL and will not be able to play in 2023 but the Chargers don't need a center in 2023. They signed Will Clapp. I think it makes a ton of sense for a guy like Voorhees to sign with the Chargers, uh, come in in 2024, uh, ready to play center or at least an interior offensive line spot um, and provide some depth, maybe even starter, if if he's uh, good enough returning from that injury. But a a top 100 player before the injury, a guy you were going to see in the first three rounds, probably in round three, has fallen because... You know of the injury, and he's going to fall a round or two later than he was supposed to go. He's supposed to go in round three, maybe even round four. He's now in these mocks in round five. So, um, a guy the Chargers don't need right away, and a guy that they could really get some value on if he comes back and plays anything like he did in college, because he was looking like one of the top centers in this class, at least towards the top five. And now he's kind of fallen off a little bit, and uh, a guy that. I wouldn't mind seeing the Chargers pick up. Uh, Jarrett Patterson feels so much like a Tom Telesco guy, a, a team leader. Obviously, he's a Golden Domer, um, but a guy that uh, is like a fuel general and a guy a real a fun watch, uh, a clean watch, and uh, something that I think Telesco would fall in love with. But I think uh, some real value uh, if he can you know, learn behind Lindsay and take a year in an NFL program. I think uh, all three of these guys really benefit uh, playing with these young guys and Zion and Salier, learning from them, and then getting some veteran leadership from Corey Lindsley, I think would be a real, real good fit for the top three. And Antonio Maffi's a the UCLA guard who's a real mauler in the run game, a uh, big, tough attitude dude who I like a lot, who, pl- who could play anywhere in the interior. And uh, he's number four for me, but I think – you know, you've got some starter potential in these guys, at least some really, really good depth uh, at the very least. So I'm I'm attacking the interior of the offensive line around five. I think Luke Whipler, Andrew Voorhees, Jarrett Patterson, Antonio Maffi here in round five, really, really good cluster of guards here. So this is a group that I like uh, in this interior offensive line class. I would go interior offensive line around five. Uh, moving on to round six. So we've got, just to recap, uh, wide receiver round one, Uh, attack that edge in round two. You got tight end in three. You got your linebacker in four. Here's your uh, interior offensive line, which the Chargers will need in round five. And then moving on to round six, interior defensive line. This is where it starts to fall off a little bit for uh, in this position group. And granted, that's just how it is. Uh, I mentioned it early on, but this is not a very good draft class. Uh, they're, They're just there's not, there's some depth in the middle in round two to four and then five to six. There's some issues, but let's, let's talk about round six, because I think there are some guys that that could help out in this, uh, in this defensive front. I'm attacking interior defensive line because I think there's some depth at the end of this defensive line class while there is none at the top. I like some of these guys at the very, very end. Uh, Coburn, uh, Broderick Martin, Gerard Clark and Jalen Redman are some real beef in the middle, which the chargers could absolutely need. Uh, I know that uh, Atito Abonya Abonia is coming back from his, his, injury. So he will be back. Austin Johnson will be back. Um, SJD still there. Morgan Fox got re-signed, but you still need some depth. The run defense was terrible last year. Uh, they need, they need some more beef up front and they didn't really bring anybody else on to help out. So, In this defensive line, you want some rotational guys that can help up front early on and late in games when you need to stop the run. These are four guys that can do it. Uh, Keandre Coburn is a guy that looked like he was going to be like a fourth-round pick, kind of has fallen off in terms of his draft value, but a guy that um, could really help out in the run game project. Martin, I think is another guy. Uh, Gerard Clark is, I believe it was Craig sleeper, uh, ended up watching him. I think he could really add some, uh, versatility, not only as a run stopper, but has some pass rushing upside. And same with, uh, Jalen Redman, who felt like going into this college season was going to be a guy that was going to be towards the top of this group falling off a little bit, but round six, I think there's some real value of some run stuffers here and uh, the chargers need to stop the run plain and simple. And uh, here they go. They can get, in round six, get some guys that can help stop the run again. Keandre Coburn, Broderick Martin, Gerard Clark, Jalen Redman. Uh, Watched all four of these guys, and these are the four that I would uh, list in this order in round six. So now you've got some beef up front. They needed it. let's move on to the last round. The last round here, and this is the first group that I'm going to double up on. I'm going to go two of the same group and it's going to be wide receiver. The seventh round wide receiver has some absolute gas. These guys can scoot. We're talking about high-end athletes, guys with elite RAS scores like the tight ends, but we were able to get in round three. These are guys that can absolutely just fly. The Chargers need speed. Granted, they're in round seven, so there's some issues, especially with the hands on some of these guys. But My sleeper here, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Uh, Darius Davis is another guy that could fly. Matt Landers can absolutely scoot. And uh, Craig, it's funny, I've got a couple of Craig sleepers here. Uh, Trey Tucker here at number four. These guys have, they're in the top of this wide receiver class in terms of their 40 times, in terms of their RAS scores, and they're all the way back here in round seven. The high-end athletes are at the end of this draft in terms of wide receivers. There's a couple sprinkled in uh, in day one, a couple in day two, but the rest of these guys, Ford Wheaton, Davis, Landers, and Tucker, are guys that are at the top of the 40 class, at the top of the RAS scores, and they're going at the end of this draft. Chargers need some yards out of the catchability. Talked about it earlier with the wide receivers like Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. Get another guy in here. Get some more absolute gas. You need some juice. And these four guys can do it. BFW, Darius Davis, Matt Landers, Trey Tucker can run. What I also like about these four guys is not only can they run, um, there might be some returnability here at the end of the draft too, but also there is some real potential in being high-end gunners. These are guys that can fly down the field and help you on special teams. They can add some special teams value, maybe as a returner, but also as a gunner. Uh, they're going. Chargers need it. Special teams was pretty good last year, but when you got when you got wide receivers like that that can absolutely fly down the field, put them in special teams, let them help out. Maybe they're not gunners, but they can at least help you out down the field um, and help flip the field on special teams. So that's what I would do. I would go after these absolute guys that can scoot, that can slide. Uh, as the kids would say. Uh, So I'm going with uh, some, some real high end athletes at the end of this draft. Again, they're, they've got their shortcomings. Some of these guys play a little smaller. Uh, BFW has some hands issue. His production was up, uh, up and down. Uh, He, he showed up at times, but he can fly Darius Davis, same thing kind of up and down. He was a wide receiver too at TCU, uh, but behind QJ, but he he could turn, turn up field and run at times. Matt Landers was a guy that uh, has some really good frame, a little bit skinny, might need to put on some weight, but could absolutely fly. Trey Tucker, uh, Craig talked about that in our podcast over the weekend. So if you haven't heard about his uh, draft profile, you can listen to both BFW and Trey Tucker from the Wide Receivers podcast. But this is how I would tack the draft. You're going Wide Receiver 1 in round 1. You get your... Guy to play right next to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in any of these four guys. You move on to edge, you're able to transition into a a new guard and have your edge three in B.J. Ojalari, Keon White, uh, Felix, Anuduke, Uzama, Aditamiwa Arabare. Again, why I got to put two guys that I can't pronounce up there. I'm trying my best, but um I think some uh, edge some edge depth here in uh, round two as you can get in edge three because Chris Rumph just is not that guy right now. Then you move on to tight end. You got some starter potential and Kraft Coon schoonmaker and will Mallory. down the road, you got Gerald Everett as your tight end one right now. You've got some athletes at linebacker who can run and cover and also run downhill in the run game. And Dorian Williams, Henry Toa Toa DeMarvion overshown and Ivan Pace Jr. Then you get some interior offensive line and a group of pretty good guys in Luke Whipler, Andrew Voorhees, Jarrett Patterson, Antonio Maffi. Then you move on to, and by the way, Antonio does spell his name without the N in Antonio. Confused me at first while going through this whole draft process too, but that's just how it is. Uh, then in round six, you help stop the run. Keandre Coburn, Broderick Martin, Gerard Clark, Jalen Redman as some depth up front. Then you get some wide receivers who can run. You double up on wide receiver, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Darius Davis, Matt Landers, and Trey Tucker. And that's how that draft unfolds for me. Now you're saying to yourself, what the hell you're missing some groups. Let's talk about it. Free safety. Aloha Gilman, JT Woods just ain't cutting it. Um, Nasir Adderley retired. He's out of the game now. So the Chargers did nothing on free safety. If I am GM, I'm calling up John Johnson right away after the draft. There's obviously uh, some mutual interest there between the Chargers and JJ to the third. But, and, you know, being able to play with um, Brandon Staley again, I would call him, bring him in. Uh, I, I feel like JT Woods is going to need another year of development. I didn't see like there was much of a jump in, in his productivity and his production and his game in general uh, over last season. They couldn't even play him at free safety. Nas got benched at one point. Aloha Gilman got the snaps over JT Woods. He's just not ready yet. And that's just going to happen with some of these guys that are young that uh, need a little bit more development than others. And JT Woods is one of those guys. I just don't think he's going to be ready. Start of 2023. He can get some work in camp, which is great. But if you've got a veteran presence like John Johnson who can play on the back end, sign him right away. Uh, Next is uh, cornerback. I know that uh, a lot of people are talking about wanting to get some cornerback depth. I would love to do it too. Uh, I really like the top end of this cornerback class. Go uh, round one, two, and the top of day three. I think is a spot you can get a cornerback, but they got other needs and bigger needs. And I think between the wide receiver group, edge group, and tight end, I think those all three of those are bigger needs than cornerback. And then after that, I think you're kind of just throwing darts at these cornerback class. So for me, they drafted three DBs last year: the aforementioned uh, JT Woods, Dean Leonard, uh, Jaseer Taylor. You know, they they got Jaseer Taylor playing outside last year. Uh, his development really took a huge leap from camp to the season, and he showed some signs of some starter potential. Uh, but provides really nice depth behind Zant and J.C. Jackson, who's coming along in his recovery, it seems. And Michael Davis, uh, Michael Davis or Zant will probably need a kick inside. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's even a Bryce Callahan reunion. Uh, they bring him back on to play because he he played pretty well last season. While he's not the answer long term. Uh, to me, I, I addressed the draft as I thought as the biggest needs were met, but also I thought there was some really, really good depth in a lot of these uh, day three and day two. So cornerback wasn't that fit. I thought uh, it fell off pretty early and I had other needs that I wanted to address. So I'm I'm off on cornerback in this draft. Obviously, if they addressed it, that'd be great. But this is the way in which I would do it. I didn't address cornerback, and I think they're okay for now in 2023. They'll need to address it probably next season. And you know, if they want to re-sign Bryce Callahan and some veteran depth, they could do that too. And the biggest one, of course, is running back. Uh, Austin Eckler wants a new contract, wants to be traded. Chargers have let him seek a trade. And if he doesn't get anything by the trade uh, during the draft in these next three days uh, during the draft, I don't know that he's going to get traded anywhere, not only get traded, but then also have his uh, offer met in this age. I just, I, I don't see it happening. And I think Austin Eckler is going to have to come back and he's going to have to play a season and then become a free agent and then hope, hope that he can get that money. I think that's just kind of, that's the writing on the wall right now. That's how it's going to go. And I, I feel bad for him because he's a great player. seems like a good dude off the field too, but it is what it is that uh, that market for running back is gone. And um, if he would have done it earlier on, maybe he would have got his needs met, but right now he, I don't think he's going to get that money and I don't see a team training for him either way. So if he sits the whole season out, you still got to play that season with the chargers. So it's just, not the ball is not in his court. It's not working out for him. And I think he's going to have to come back. Um, I thought Joshua Kelly carved out a nice role last season. And, you know, hopefully Isaiah Spiller works himself into the rotation, too. So, you know, there's running back depth there. Uh, you know, they they didn't really show up a ton last season. I know they got to get better in that regard. I wouldn't mind hitting up a UDFA in any of these groups in terms of a free safety or at least in the DB group and also at running back. That's how they've been able to find a lot of these guys. Uh, In years past, they've been able to find some nice diamonds in the rough in the UDFA class. I'm sure they'll do it again if they don't address it during the draft, but going into another draft and spending another more draft capital on a running back when it hasn't worked out in the past, I'm not with them doing it again, especially not in the first round, by the way. Um, so I, I'm not addressing running back and I'm, I'm going with the group that I've got. Maybe I can find a free agent running back uh, on the market, which I feel like I just opened myself up with some comments about Ezekiel Elliott, which I did not intend to. But, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just saying in terms of depth, if they could find a running back on the street. uh in the free agent class, which I know there's some names and, or, and, or find a UDFA running back. I'm fine with either. So that's, that's how I'm attacking the draft. Uh, that's how I'm going about it. If I'm GM just strictly based on this position group, because those are some groups of guys that I like, uh, in terms of a group of four in different rounds, that's how I'm a draft. Uh, that's how I'm attacking it on draft day. And that's it for me. So thanks for watching. Appreciate it. Don't forget to watch us during the draft. We're going to have our same crew there uh, going live for all three days. Uh, I hope you join us then. Thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.